the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. There comes a point in time when God makes a person blind to the truth. There's a point in time where God moves them from they did not believe to they cannot believe. And I don't know where that point is. I don't know where that line is. And you don't either. But that's why the Bible tells us today is the day of salvation. And harden not your heart. Don't be indifferent for Jesus Christ because uh, you don't know where that line is. Many critics of the concept of hell argue against the idea of a loving God who would send his creation into eternal torment. The truth is, God doesn't send anyone there. People that choose to reject God are choosing it for themselves. As Pastor Dan will explain in today's message, our God is a loving God, and He longs for every single person to come to Him. Sadly, many harden their hearts and hate the idea of answering to a sovereign power. Eventually, their hearts can harden beyond hope of redemption. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 12 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. their hard hearts and their stiff necks. They just refused. By the way, just like people today. It's just like people today who reject Jesus Christ, who are indifferent to Jesus Christ. Uh, It's because of the hardness of their hearts. It's because, as Jesus said earlier in the Gospel of John, they love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. The Bible tells us that man is naturally rebellious. Toward God. That's man's natural bent is rebellion against God and against God's authority. And for many people, even most people, seeing miracles will not change their mind about Jesus Christ. For most people, seeing miracles will not change their mind. No amount of evidence, no, no proof will change their mind because it's not really about proof. And it's not really about evidence. And it's not really about miracles or seeing enough miracles to believe. It's really about lordship. It's really about who is going to be Lord in their life. God or them? Who's going to be in control? Who's going to call the shots? And for most people, they don't want to surrender to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And that's really what it comes down to. They might say it's evidence. They might say, if I saw a miracle... Or if I could see proof, or we can show you proof. We could take you to Israel and show you all the proof you want to see. There's documented miracles. It's not really about that. The issue is really lordship. 
And so although Jesus did many signs, we're told in verse 37, they did not believe in him. And then in verse 38, verse 38 tells us that Jesus's rejection by his fellow countrymen, it was actually predicted in the Old Testament scriptures that the word of Isaiah, the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke. Lord, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, notice what it says. They could not believe because Isaiah said again, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. His rejection by the Jewish people actually fulfilled prophecy. Now, the Jewish people, of course, they didn't realize or understand they were fulfilling prophecy by rejecting Jesus Christ, but they, but they did. They did fulfill prophecy. So the rejection of Jesus Christ also demonstrates that he is the Messiah of Israel because Isaiah predicted that the people would reject the Messiah when he comes. And so his rejection is also further proof that he's the Messiah. Now, in verse 38, Isaiah is quoted here by the Gospel of John, and, uh, and John's Gospel quotes from Isaiah 53 in verse 38. And if you're familiar with Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53 plainly describes the rejection of the Messiah and even alludes to the resurrection of the Messiah. You have both the, the, the uh, rejection and crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ uh, spoken of in Isaiah 53. In fact, Isaiah 53 is so clearly speaking of the rejection of Jesus Christ that in most synagogues today, they don't teach Isaiah 53. They skip it when they come to it in their reading. Because even to the Jews today, to most Jews, they, they, they realize it speaks of the suffering and rejection of Jesus Christ. So they just skip that chapter in the synagogues. And I want to just read a few verses to you out of Isaiah 53. They're familiar verses probably to, to most of us here. But Isaiah 53, verse 3, He is despised and rejected by men. He's a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from Him. He was despised and we did not esteem Him. Surely, now listen to what it says, He has borne our griefs. And carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's describing Jesus as a substitutionary sacrifice for our sins. He's borne our griefs. He's carried our sorrows. Our iniquities were laid upon him when he was on the cross. It's describing the suffering of Jesus Christ. That's, that's the chapter that John's gospel quotes here in verse 38, when he says, Lord, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The phrase, the arm of the Lord in verse 38, that speaks of God's power. 
When was God's power revealed to the people of Israel? Through the Messiah. Through the miracles that Jesus worked. God revealed His power, the arm of the Lord, to the people through the Messiah, through the miracles that Jesus worked, and yet they rejected Him. Even though they saw the power of God, even though they saw the arm of the Lord, they still rejected Him. Now look at, look at verse 39 again. It's a very startling verse maybe for some of us. Therefore, because they rejected Him, therefore, they could not believe. They could not believe. It, it doesn't say they did not believe. It says they could not believe. Their, their ability to choose was revoked by God. He took it away. Do you see that here? Now, he quotes then from Isaiah, uh, in verse 40, he quotes Isaiah chapter 6. And Isaiah chapter 6 tells of God blinding the people of Israel because of their refusal their repeated refusal to believe. And so note, I want you to notice the order here. Look at verse 37. It says, they did not believe. And then verse 39, they could not believe. You see that? Because they refused to believe and continued to refuse to believe despite all of the evidence, despite God revealing Himself to them, and they continued to refuse to believe well, then God at some point made them unable to believe. They refused to believe, and God made them unable to believe, so that they could not believe. They no longer had a, had a choice. Their, their decision was set in stone. And John now applies these verses from Isaiah to the Jewish people in Jesus' day that had rejected Jesus Christ as their Messiah. The consequence of their rejection of Jesus is God made them blind spiritually. He hardened their heart. He made them unable to choose, unable to see the truth. That's a pretty heavy verse, isn't it? Pretty sobering. Look back in verse 35. Jesus said in verse 35, walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. They refused the light, and so now they walk in darkness. They were overtaken by the darkness. In the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul tells us that blindness in part has happened to Israel because of the rejection of Jesus Christ. They didn't want to believe, even though they saw the miracles, even though they understood what they were seeing, as we saw in some of the verses I quoted earlier from John. But they just acted like they didn't see it, acted like they didn't hear it. And so there came a point where God said, okay, you want to act blind to the truth? I'm going to make you blind to the truth where you can't see it. Now, he made them unable to believe. It's a very sobering warning to really to anyone who has not put their faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. If someone refuses to believe in Jesus Christ and, and, and is indifferent toward Him, ignores the truth, ignores the proof, ignores the evidence, they're indifferent toward His teaching, indifferent toward His death on the cross for their sins and His resurrection, indifferent toward the Gospel, the, the consequence 
is permanent spiritual blindness. There comes a point in time when God makes a person blind to the truth. There's a point in time where God moves them from they did not believe to they cannot believe. And I don't know where that point is. I don't know where that line is. And you don't either. But that's why the Bible tells us today is the day of salvation. And harden not your heart. Don't be indifferent toward Jesus Christ because uh, you don't know where that line is. Now look at verse 41. Look, look closely at verse 41. I lo- this verse right here. I love it. Watch what it says. These things Isaiah said when he saw his glory, speaking of Jesus, and spoke of him. Now, when did Isaiah see the glory of Jesus and speak of him? Well, the prophecy in verse 40 is found back in Isaiah chapter 6. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Turn with me back to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6 begins with these verses. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Who who did Isaiah see here sitting on his throne in glory and the train of his robe filled the temple? Who did he see? John's gospel tells us it was Jesus Christ. He saw Jesus in his glory. And he spoke of Jesus in Isaiah chapter 6. Isn't that awesome? Isaiah chapter 6, that's Jesus sitting on his throne in heaven and glory. That's what Isaiah sees. Now go back to John's gospel chapter 12. These things Isaiah said when he saw his glory and spoke of him, spoke of Jesus. So now we come to verse 42, and in verse 42 we have a second group here. Verse 42, nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him, but 
because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, excommunicated. For they loved, look what it says, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. So you have the majority of the people who didn't believe in Jesus at all, in spite of all of the signs and all of the miracles that they saw, that they understood. And now we see in verse 42 that there were some people who believed in him. And what that means is they they understood what the signs meant. They understood that the signs were declaring that he is the Messiah of Israel, come from God, but they would not publicly or openly identify with Jesus because they worried about the consequences to them socially, what people might think about them. It says they love the praises of men more than the praises of God. So they were unwilling to commit themselves to Jesus Christ. They, they understood, they knew who he was. They knew what all the miracles were telling them about who he is. But they weren't willing to commit themselves to him. Because they don't want to be kicked out of the synagogue. And they loved the praises of men more than the praises of God. They cared more about what people thought about them than what God thought. And they were more concerned about their acceptance by people than their acceptance by God. You know, in in Luke's gospel, you don't have to turn there, but just listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, uh, verse 8. He says, whoever confesses me before men, him, the Son of Man, also will confess before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. You know, if, if, if you're ashamed of Jesus Christ in this life, he's going to be ashamed of you when you stand before God. If you refuse to acknowledge him here, he's going to refuse to acknowledge you there. Uh, In my opinion, it's better to be rejected on earth and accepted in heaven than to be accepted on earth and rejected in heaven. And so you've you've got this group of people that, yeah, they, they understand what all the signs mean. They understand what all the miracles mean. They understand he's the Christ, he's the Son of God, that he's divine, all of that. But they're not willing to commit to him because of what it's going to cost them socially. Now that brings us to verse 44. In verses 44 to 50, we have a summary of the teachings of Jesus. So we, in verses 37 to 43, we have a, a summary of uh, the response of the people to Jesus. And now you have a summary of his, his teachings. These are, these are kind of the basics of what Jesus taught. If you were to look at his teachings in the Gospel of John, for example, and you were to write some you know, summary statements or some basic takeaways from his teaching, th- this is what you'd come up with. These verses uh, repeat statements that Jesus made earlier in the Gospel of John. Uh, verse 44, Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me sees him who sent me. So he's talking about here that he's one with the Father, which means he's divine. Jesus is God. He's the Word made flesh. Uh, And this this truth held a very prominent place in Jesus' teachings 
Uh, it's one of the main themes of the Gospel of John, as we've seen in our study, that he's God. He's God incarnate. He's God in the flesh. Verse 46, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Uh, this is another theme in the Gospel of John, that Jesus is light. Uh, he's come into the world as light. Jesus made similar statements in chapter 8, verse 12, and in chapter 9, verse 5. He came from heaven as a light into the world. His mission was to be light, revealing God, exposing man, delivering people from darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Again, we find parallel verses and statements in the Gospel of John. Back in chapter 3, verse 17, for example. Jesus came not to judge, he came to save. He came to save us from judgment. He came to save us from condemnation. He came to save us from our sin. This is why Jesus died on the cross. This is why he offered himself as a sacrifice for our sins, to save us. He took God's judgment in our place to save us from judgment. He paid the penalty for our sins to save us from our sins, to provide a way for us to be saved. Verse 48, he who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. By the way, the Bible says there will be a last day. The things will not go on in history as they have and there will be an end. There will be a last day. And at that last day, there will be a judgment. And the basis of the judgment, we're told in verse 48, will be the words of Jesus Christ. God's not going to judge people based on how good they are, or how moral they were. He's going to judge them based on the words of Jesus Christ. What did they do with Jesus? What did they do with his words? What did they do with the gospel? Verse 49, for I have not spoken of my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. Again, Jesus made statements like this elsewhere in the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 30, chapter 7, verse 16, chapter 8, verse 26. And he tells us here in verse 49, kind of the summary statement about Jesus' teaching. Jesus spoke only the words the Father told him to speak. That means that Jesus' words are the Word of God. And therefore, they're true, they're trustworthy, they're authoritative. They should be believed, they should be obeyed. And then finally, verse 50. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Jesus' words lead to everlasting life. You believe in Jesus Christ, you obey his words, you put your faith in him, you'll have everlasting life. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. He gives us everlasting life and there's salvation in no one else, the Bible says. Jesus is God. He came as light into the world to save people from their sin and from God's judgment. His words are God's words and 100% true and trustworthy. And he alone gives everlasting life to those who believe in Him. That's what He taught. If you were to break it down into some bullet points, what Jesus said and what Jesus taught, there you have it. 
right there. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for joining Pastor Dan Sexton today to study the book of 1 John on Ring of Truth. This New Testament letter encourages its readers to grow in faith to set aside personal agendas and unite in a pursuit of God's plans. The author wants those who follow Christ to experience Him fully, as well as experience the beautiful gift of a church community. Having a body of believers around you to support and encourage you in your personal walk with Christ is important. You'll also find that a body of believers is somewhere you can be Jesus' hands and feet to others. Are you part of a church? If not, we want to encourage you to find one soon. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington area, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just a few minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. You can find out more at our website, calvaryec.com. You can also give us a call for more information. Our phone number is 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We're honored to be able to share God's Word with you through each edition of Ring of Truth. If you'd like to listen to additional teachings from this series, you'll find them at calvaryec.com. That's all for now. Join us next time for more on Ring of Truth. Good night.